This is the Lunduke Journal podcast for Wednesday, August 17th in the year of our Lord 2022. This Wednesday show that I do, every Wednesday we do a podcast episode, every Wednesday and every Sunday, and every Sunday it's a free episode for the whole world to enjoy, and we cover all the Linux news and the alternative operating system news and all that good stuff. But the Wednesday show is typically just for subscribers. It's just kind of an exclusive thing for the subscribers of the Lunduke Journal to be able to ask me questions and hear what's on my mind, but in kind of an exclusive fancy pants way. This week, it's free for everybody because I want to talk about some stuff that I feel like all of you should know about. And so here you go. It's all for free. To start with, I want to talk about BBSing. Because I love old school BBSing so much. And the House of Lunduke BBS, my long-standing BBS that I've had running for over a decade, uh, quite a long time. It, it was offline for a while because I wanted to do some retrofitting of it. And it, it just earlier today came back online. And it is super duper exciting for me. I, it's probably more exciting for me than it is for most people. I mean, I love this stuff. I love old school BBSing so much. And I wanted to talk to you about what I was doing with it. So, so the House of Lunduke BBS, which you can get to via Telnet at bbs.lunduke.com at port 23. And just to make sure that you guys understand the right way to do this. You can use any old Telnet client you want to Telnet into the BBS. Most of them will look like garbage. <laughs> You're going to want to get a BBS-focused Telnet package, uh, one that is really meant to display ANSI artwork and sound and, and really was meant to to work well with old school BBSs. Uh, Sync Term, Netrunner, Kodum, uh, there's a whole bunch of other ones. Also, you can use old school telecommunications packages like Telemate and whatnot inside of DOSBox, which is like the most legit way to access an old school BBS. Because old school BBSs, we're, you know, we're big in the DOS era. And so using DOS and DOS era software inside of DOSBox to connect to an old school BBS, that's just legit. I mean, that's just straight up, full on, crazy awesome legit. Um, I've got instructions over on the Lunduke Journal. If you go to the lunduke.substack.com, click on archive at the top, and there's a little search field. And just search for uh, DOSBox BBS, and you'll find a tutorial on how to use DOSBox in order to connect to the BBS and really just get the most legit experience possible. But also Sync Term and Netrunner work, work fantastically well. All right, so the BBS is back up and running. Now, why it brought it down is because I wanted to add a lot of old school BBS games that didn't necessarily work well in a multi-node setup. Let me explain for those of you who haven't lived and eaten and breathed the BBSing world. So BBSs, they aren't inherently 
set up so that a bunch of people can use it at once. As a general rule, old-timey BBSs tend to be one-user-at-a-time sort of situations. You had a phone line, a plain old copper telephone phone line and phone number that people would dial into. A singular modem would then pick it up, and you'd be the one person using that single-line BBS. Now, now you can have as many, in theory, lines that you can call into a BBS as you want, and each one is called a node. So each modem paired with a phone line is called a node. And so uh, you'd have a multi-node BBS. It'd be a really fancy BBS that a bunch of people could use at once. They could do teleconferencing and, and multiplayer gaming with beautiful ANSI art and all that good stuff, right? Well, the House of Lunduke BBS is a multi-node BBS. It has 20 nodes, meaning 20 people can connect to it at once. Now, in theory, it could have far more or far fewer than that. 20 is just what I settled on. And the reason I settled on 20 is thus. I wanted a lot of people to be able to connect at once, but the more nodes I make available the more complicated the configuration gets. So, for example, uh, if I want to have, say, a game like Trade Wars or Legend of the Red Dragon or any number of these big multi-line games, I tended to need to have a separate configuration file for each individual node. In some cases, I'd have to have individual batch files for each node of the game. So for each node that a person might be calling into. So node one, node two, all the way up to node 20. And so you can see how very quickly, and most of that tended to be manual editing of the configuration, which would get, it gets monotonous and tedious in a hurry. And so each node of the House of Lunduk BBS According to all the BBS games and the BBS software, they are modems, real physical modems, but they're not. They're virtual modems. They're pretending to be modems, and they use this thing called a fossil driver to hand control between, uh, between applications that are all interfacing to these virtual modems, these virtual modems that the software thinks is, are very real with COM ports and IRQs and predefined baud rates and all that good stuff. And there's a Telnet server that sits on top of it all that brings in the connection and then passes off control to that thing called a fossil driver that then passes that, that connection around. And really, you're just Telnetting in, but the software is software from the 1980s and 1990s that really believes it is using a modem. It is using an old school US robotics, whatever modem. And I have the baud rate of all the nodes on the BBS set at twice 56k. So you get pretty good speeds <laughs> for, you know, much better than you were probably ever going to get in the 80s or 90s through a dial-up modem, considering most of the time you top out at 56k, and that was in the later 90s. Anyway, so the BBS has 20 lines. Now, if I, I could add more lines than that, more nodes, but then I have to configure every single game for if, if I had a hundred nodes, I had to, I, in many cases, I would have to configure it 100 times. It becomes just an absolute tedious nightmare.
Uh, but however, 20 is pretty good. Uh, it's very rare that 20 people are, are calling in or dialed into the BBS and playing games at any one time. It's happened. It gets full on occasion, but usually it's just, you know, a handful of people, you know, at, at once. Even on really busy days, people are usually spread out throughout the day and just a few people are on at any given individual modem, uh, individual moment. So anyway, so but so 20 nodes, right? And the way I'd had it set up, it was set up such that from the main menu of my BBS, you could launch any of a variety of number of different games, Trade Wars and Legend of the Red Dragon and whatnot. There was just one problem with that setup. There was no effective way to limit games from being accessed by multiple people at at once. Now, most many of these games, like Trade Wars and Legend of the Red Dragon, they handle multi-node play fine, meaning all 20 nodes of the House of Lunduk BBS can have people connected and playing Legend of the Red Dragon all at once, and it works just fine. The game was built with that in mind. It was ready for it, right? You know, it, it, it basically it locks files that need to not be edited and it does a great job of handling multiple people at the same time using the software. However, most old BBS games do not handle multi-node play well at all. In fact, some of them, if you try to let people, like two or three people, access it at the same time, horrible data corruption occurs, things go bad, it just it's a, it becomes a terrible nightmare, and, and the games just simply don't work. So I haven't been able to put the vast majority of old-school 1980s and early 90s BBS games up on my BBS because I haven't had it set up in such a way that it could actually limit each BBS, each door game to being only used by one person at a time. Now, some games you want to be able to be used by multiple people at a time, and some you want to limit to one at a time. So I had to rejigger how the BBS handled door games. Luckily, the software I use, and a lot of you are like, wow, I've, this was way more than I ever needed to know about running an old school BBS, Lunduke. Well, buckle up, because there's more to come. Uh, now, the, the software I use is something called Virtual Advanced. Now, Virtual Advanced is a DOS-based BBS package from the 90s. And I chose it really for two reasons. The first is that it's just simply a nice example of, of mid-1990s BBS software. Uh, it's just, it, if, I'm, if I'm creating a nostalgic museum, there are many BBS packages I could choose. Uh, Wildcat, uh, World War IV, PC Board, Renegade, uh, uh, Virtual BBS, Virtual Advanced, a bunch of others. I so all of those are great options uh, for this sort of thing. I chose Virtual Advanced because I ran a VBBS, a virtual BBS system back in the early to mid 1990s. And it was I had a single line dial up BBS back then. And that's the predecessor to Virtual Advanced. And so there's a little bit of a nostalgia factor for me. So that's, that's why I chose that one. Now, it has an ability to have a, a kind of customized 
door game menu. And door games are what BBS games are traditionally called. And they are called that because they tended to use, the most popularly used, something called door.sys. What is door.sys? Well, the, the games, when your BBS has a caller, a person that calls in and connects to the modem, and that that person says, I want to play this game. I want to play Trade Wars. And they, and they hit the key that corresponds to Trade Wars. What happens is the BBS itself shrinks out of memory, because we're talking DOS here, and runs a, creates this, this little file called a drop file. In this case, it was a door.sys file. And that little drop file, a little, it's a simple text file, contained certain pieces of information. Uh, the username from the BBS that is currently logged in, the modem information, uh, you know, which COM port, baud rate, uh, IRQ, all of that sort of thing. And then the, a batch file would typically run which would in turn launch the trade wars or whatever other game with a series of command line arguments that would point to that drop file, in this case, door.sys. Uh, and those were called door games because they were, they were doorways into other applications. And so they, that became common nomenclature for BBS games, as you call them, door games. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, they ha the virtual advanced BBS package I use has a menu system that allows me to designate some games as multi-node and some games as single node, but I had to rejigger a whole bunch of settings because the way I had everything set up was kind of stupid, and so it took me a, a while to rejigger everything so that I could use that system, and now I have that working, I have that finally in place, which means I can start adding in games again that that only can allow one player to use it at, at a time um uh, so i've started adding those in uh like the first one i added in was a game called baron realms elite which is this great old strategy game where you create your your country and you build and develop land and build up armies and create treaties and fight pirates and and fight each other and it's a multiplayer game but not multiplayer at the same time it's one person takes their turns at once and then other people can take their turns after it so i finally can do all those sorts of games again and so i'm adding those back in bit by bit so if you go to bbs.lunduke.com you can start playing them and it's just totally for free this is just a it's a museum it's really just a, an opportunity to showcase and preserve what it was like to play these games in as authentic a way as possible. Um, now, because it is, this is just free for everyone to use, you can create an account. Uh, there's no verification of it or anything like that. Create your account uh, and you get 30 minutes of gameplay time for free and you can just do whatever you want. If you're a Lunduke Journal subscriber, uh, you can get 24-7 access. So uh, there is, uh, again, if you go to lunduke.substack.com and search for House of Lunduke BBS, there's an article on House of Lunduke BBS and down at the bottom of that article, it, it'll detail for you how to get the 24-7 access. Basically, what it is, is you create your account, go into the BBS, you send me an email 
inside the BBS, not like, you know, to lunduke.com or gmail.com or anything like that. You go inside the BBS. Uh, there's actually a button that says feedback to sysop. Uh, I am the sysop uh, system operator of the BBS. And you let me know what your internet email address is that you have a Lunduke journal subscription with, uh, either through Substack or through Locals. And then uh, when I get it, I'll go in and, and set it so you have uh, I, uh, basically 24-hour-a-day access. Um, so you can just stay on the BBS all day long and play games to your heart's content if you really want to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anyone who actually does that. Um, but I, I know of a few people that use it for a few hours a day sometimes. Uh, and I, I don't blame them. There's some really great games on there. Anyway, um, so the BBS is up and going, and we, we're finally adding in more games. Now, the goal right now is really to add in as many of the old-school BBS games as possible. I've, I've been collecting over the last you know year or so just every game I can find, and I've been working really hard to try and track down the authors of those games so that I can have what are called registered copies uh, because m most of these games were shareware you know you send in five bucks ten bucks fifteen bucks to the author they send you a code and that will unlock full functionality of the game and so I've been trying to track down the authors who in some cases have passed on, uh, some cases uh, they've open sourced the, the games, some cases they've sold the games to big companies who have forgotten that they owned them. It, it's kind of a mess, but what I'm trying to do is, is have uh, full registered copies of as many of these games as possible, and I'm bringing them online you know, as, as, as is possible. Uh, so go check it out, uh, hang out, play. If you've never experienced BBSing before, uh, give it a shot. Uh, see what it was like. Uh, there's a mud in there. There's there's all sorts of good stuff, and there's there's more coming. All right. Uh, so that's that's the BBS. The other thing is uh, we're starting something new that we've talked about uh, doing before. I've talked about it, wanting to do this before, but I haven't actually done it. We're finally doing a monthly PDF of the Lunduke Journal. So what this is, is throughout the month, I collect together all the articles, every single article, and I put it into a singular PDF. So the, the Lunduke Journal archive for, you know, August of 2022. And at the end of the month, boom, here's a PDF. And that'll be just for the subscribers again. Um, but it's it's a way to have like a, a more of a magazine format of of everything that gets published in the Lunduke Journal. Uh, it is, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm putting a little a little introduction in each month, uh, just with my own personal thoughts and whatnot. Uh, but other than that introduction, the rest of it all is just is just the articles from the Lunduke Journal, both the public free ones and the exclusive ones because there tends to be at least one exclusive article throughout the week typically one of the the, the historical pieces and uh, so that that'll come out every week you can print it out you can put it on your phone you can put it on your e-reader read it however you like archive it there's no drm it's just a pdf file i uh, put it you know you can have a backup archive of all of them uh, so if you want to wait for the end of the month to read all of them, you can. If you want to get caught up, however you like it. It's just it's nice to have an archive of these things because realistically, the Internet is 
this resource that goes up and down. Servers change, formatting changes, companies go out of business, uh, technical problems take sites down. All sorts of things can happen. But I want to make sure that all the fun articles, all the good stuff that gets published in the Lunduke Journal every month is archived so that, that you can enjoy it uh, for as long as you want to uh, and do whatever you want with it. Um, I, and then, then there's also a new book, uh, Lunduke's History of Computers, Volume 2, two because there's never enough volumes when it comes to computer history. I, uh, I, I love computer history so much. And there, there's so much that, that just doesn't get talked about. You know, when I, a lot of times I'll go to various other websites and I'll read about their computer history, uh, pieces, you know, they'll have this, they'll have some piece on, on, on computer history on, uh, just, just, uh, just to give a, an example from, uh, from the last couple of, uh, of months of the Lunduke journal, uh, I've had to clarify who the first programmer was because yeah, everyone talks about it being Ada Lovelace. It's not Ada Lovelace. And Ada Lovelace was cool. Ada Lovelace did some really fun, nerdy, awesome things, but she was not the first computer programmer. And so I had to go into that. Uh, I see articles from various open source publications talking about the quote official story about where the term open source was first used, which, which, the open source initiative and opensource.com and and a whole bunch of other publications have repeated these same false stories that just aren't true at all and i i've had to clarify that and and make sure everyone understands where these stories came from because our history is important our our history should be factual and it should be it's because it's awesome you know, there's so many people that have done so many awesome things to do anything other than to, to talk about what the real truth of our history is, of our shared computing history would be a profound disservice to not just all the people that did this amazing work, but to ourselves as well. We're nerds, you know, we, we, we deserve to get this right. And there's also a lot of stories that just don't get talked about enough. You know, uh, there's stories about the, the early days of the Internet. There's stories about about some of the, the earlier computers and operating systems that just don't get talked about. Um, you know, one of my favorite pieces that that I've done in a long time was an article on Wendon DOS. And uh, I'm sure most of you probably probably saw that article. Uh, it's it's this fascinating operating system developed by these amazing just engineers, technical wizards is who they are, that have this wonderful, wonderful history. And it's all but been forgotten. And it's a true shame that it doesn't get covered more. And so, uh, you know, I taught, I managed to track down one of the engineers that worked on it, who the guy really, really spearheaded it all. And I got his story on it and included it all in there. And these sorts of things need to happen more, you know, uh, because realistically, the people that made computing what it is today, they're not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> that was loud. Uh, they're not getting any longer, younger, you know, and we need to talk to them and get their stories down correctly before we lose these amazing pioneers. 
these brilliant nerds. And so I've been trying to do that as much as I can. Anyway, um, so so the Lunduk's History of Computers Volume 2 is out. Yes, there will be a third volume. Absolutely, there will be a third volume. And then at some point, I'm going to collect together all the volumes and just create the Lunduk's History of Computers omnibus of all the volumes. And it's just going to be a tomb of just, just nonstop weird computer history, not in chronological order, not of any one specific piece of computing history, but filling in all the gaps, you know, covering all the things that you don't get from, you know, the register and ZDNet and, and all these other publications who were great, but we're not getting that history from them. And so I, I anyway, uh, there's going to be a lot more of that. Um, so that's that's out as well. Uh, you can grab that right now uh, from the uh, uh, Lunduke Journal subscriber benefits page, which I think there's up to, up to 12 books up there now, 12 PDFs. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, that's all since like last year. Right. Uh, I started I started really publishing uh, the Lunduke Journal on Substack uh, about a year ago. And uh, I had a couple of things ready to publish early on, you know, that had already existed, a couple of a couple of PDFs. And since then, it has exploded to now a dozen and uh, with more on the way. I, at the current rate, I think we should probably be around 16 books by the end of this calendar year, somewhere around that around there. Uh, we got a, got a, about four more um, uh, before before the year is out. Uh, that are in some in some stage of underway. Uh, some of them are, you know, uh, just more more history type books uh, and collections and whatnot. But uh, some are are more uh, unique and uh, that uh, really bear no resemblance to any articles that I write. They're just uh, individual standalone books. So anyway, uh, thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the Lunduke Journal and made all this possible, because I could not do this without you. Uh, the, the founding members, the monthly subscribers, the yearly subscribers, the lifetime subscribers, oh my word, I could not do this without you. Uh, it, it, you have allowed it to happen without any advertising whatsoever. Um, though, though, <laughs> there, uh, there's going to be some advertising in the Lunduke Journal soon, but it's not going to be real. <laughs> there's going to be some fake ads, <laughs> but they're not real ads. No one's paying me for these ads. These are just, just fake or just fake ads. If you've, if you've read uh, some of my comic books, uh, I, I wrote this series uh, of comic books uh, many years back called Road Sign, Hank, Road Sign Hank and the Aliens. And uh, uh, inside of it, it's a comic book, inside of it are ads, old style, like 1950s comic book ads. And they're just totally fake, right? Uh, they're just, just made up for fun that sort of thing. There is going to be some fake ads coming in and that's going to be uh, interspersed here and there uh, in in some of the uh, the Lunduke Journal monthly uh, PDFs uh, just for fun. 
Uh, it's just just a little a little something I'm slipping in there just to make honestly to make me smile and because I know that some of you are gonna flip through the pages and you're gonna hit that and you're gonna get a good chuckle out of it. That's 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 the only advertising you're gonna see in the Lunduke Journal anytime soon. And again, that's all because you guys uh, have have put the faith in me. You guys have said you put your dollars and said here Lunduke keep doing it and uh, you believe in what I do and that shoot that means the world that just means the absolute world uh, for those of you who have not become a, a, the founding member level subscribers or the lifetime subscribers yet you know what do it uh, if you think you're going to be nerdy a couple of years from now pick up the lifetime subscription uh, it, it gives you the founding le- member <laughs> the founding member level subscription which means you know the regular hangouts we're gonna do one uh, this coming Saturday actually uh, where we all get together and do a video conference and just chat. <laughs> there's no there's no predefined schedule of topics um uh, you know I, i'll do i usually start things out but shoot by halfway through it uh, all you guys tend to take over and start talking about stuff and i just get a word in edgewise here and there but we all just kind of hang out and uh it gives us a chance to socialize with a lot of people that think about the like the same stuff and they care about the same stuff that we do it's it's a lot of fun and uh so you get to t- take part in all of that um and uh, there's all the all the other good stuff. Plus, if you're a founding member or a lifetime subscriber level, uh, you get both locals and Substack access. And what that means is at lunduke.locals.com, you can kind of take part in the community. It's sort of like a forum meets Twitter, but it's in a closed walled garden. So we're like, it's like a country club for nerds to ha- that, that all want to hang out and talk about Linux and Unix and alternative operating systems and retro computing and computing history and, and, and all that sort of fun stuff. And uh, and then you also get Substack, which is lunduke.substack.com, which is where all the articles show up and and uh, is a great place to to read all that stuff and download all the goodies and download all the exclusive videos and grab every single Linux sucks video and all that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, so if you if you haven't grabbed the the lifetime subscription yet, go do that. Uh, Go grab that. Uh, If you're going to be nerdy in three years. do it you never have to pay again and uh you have that that subscription for life or you can get the founding member subscription um which gives you everything uh for a full year again for both substack and for locals if you've been a subscriber over on patreon it's time to get off of patreon patreon stinks patreon just stinks i've had so many problems with patreon just get off of patreon uh ditch it uh i've been i've been kind of letting you guys know and trying to make it as easy as possible like for example if you have been using any of the platforms, Patreon, Locals, or Substack to be a monthly or yearly subscriber, and you want to move over to being uh, like a lifetime subscriber and get both Substack and Locals and have access to all that stuff, you can apply everything you've already paid this year. So everything from January to now, you can apply the whole thing to your lifetime subscription. So you take the lifetime subscription amount, subtract every dollar you've, you've, you've already paid for subscriptions. And then, uh, you just pay the difference. 
uh, and uh, basically what you do is you go over to lunduke.locals.com um, slash, I think, subscribe or subscription. I don't know. There's there's a link. If you go to lunduke.substack.com and click on about at the top of the page, uh, there's instructions on that page on, on how to do it. But basically, you just go over to Locals, pay the difference, and uh, and I'll give you access everywhere it takes sometimes it takes me a couple of hours sometimes i'm asleep <laughs> and i'll wake up and do it the next morning um and then uh and then i and then i'll add you to the list so you'll start getting all of the super fancy lifetime and founding member emails and the uh like the founding member newsletters and all that sort of thing so you know when we're getting together when we're hanging out when we're just having a good time Anyway, so I, I hope you guys are having a great time out there. Uh, go play on the BBS. Have fun. Have lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. And, uh, you know, grab the books, read the books, hang out with me. Uh, hang out with me over on Locals. It's, it's one of the happiest places on the Internet. It's like, it's like Disneyland. If Disneyland was just about Linux and Unix and retro computing and alternative operating systems, and it was nothing at all like Disneyland. <laughs> Oh, anyway, uh, seriously, I love all of you. You're fantastic. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're nerdy. If I ever get a chance to meet each of you, I want to high five every single one of you in person because you deserve a high five. Gall darn it. Anyway, I'm what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go grab myself an ice cream sandwich curl up in bed and watch a little TV. I uh, I don't know what I'm going to watch, but it's going to be nerdy. I actually started watching Sequest DSV again. Haven't watched Sequest since shoot, uh since it really aired. But uh me and my youngest son have been getting into Sequest. My youngest son's only 3, but he really likes Sequest. Like it just speaks to him for some reason. Like we we curl up at night, all the kids go to bed. My, my older two will go to bed, you know, they'll be zonked out and I'll be, you know, sitting with my, with my wife or something. And in comes my three-year-old and he kind of looks at me with his little sneaky eyes. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, he's like, he's like, can I, can I come lay down? <laughs> and I'm like, you want to watch Sequest? And as soon as, before I can finish saying the word Sequest, he says, yeah. And he jumps up on my bed, crawls into bed, slides in next to me, pulls up the blankie, and he settles in. He does this little wiggle into place, and he's like, all right. He wants to watch Sequest. He wants to watch Darwin, the Darwin, the, the talking dolphin in Sequest. And uh, we throw on some old 1990s sci-fi, some good wholesome stuff, and uh, we have a good old time. Anyway, hope you're doing something nerdy tonight as well. Talk to all of you a little bit later. And that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> See you guys.